metric tons. Feather top end of Stevenson. Grado! Ladies and gentlemen, Dominant and the world of professional wrestling. What, what, what's going on here? What the hell is this? Ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in, turning on. If you're on Facebook live feed, if you're on the audio feed, whatever the case may be. My name is Silas. This is the Exhaust Educator Podcast. Coming back at you with more things talking in education, things that stresses teachers out, things that can help teachers gain back the one thing that is so precious to them, time. And uh, I gotta say, man, it's it's been it's been a rough March. Uh, we we're finally at spring break, right around the corner. Just ended Friday. Looking forward to the next week, but with my children, I'm sure I'm gonna be busy every single day anyway. So it's like I, you you hope for sleeping in and everything else. But anyone who has children who happens to be off on spring break or have a job where they can be off on spring break during the time of their kids, my goodness, it's just going to be. A fun time. So normally here on the podcast, we always talk and discuss with educators, administrators, superintendents, thing that's, things that are exhausting, things that are grueling to them and everything else. Today, we're going to do a little bit different. Today, we're going to bring on something I personally use in the classroom for, God, the last six, seven, eight years, and it's called Bloxel's EDU. Okay, it originally came out for block is it was originally Bloxels and then it morphed into EDU, Bloxels EDU for the education standpoint of it. Now, before we get a little bit into it, we do have a guest, one of the co-founders of Bloxels, uh, one of the main players over there. But before we get into this, let me show you what I'm talking about a little bit. Then we'll bring our guest in and have a you know good discussion on what they do and how they bring some new fun and innovation to the classrooms. If you're in kindergarten, preschool, all the way up to high school, I use this as well. Here we go. Bloxels is a game creation platform for everyone. Get your hands on Bloxels and you can make your own video game without writing a single line of code. Start by adding cubes to the board to create your own characters. Then use your tablet's camera to import your new creation into the game and play away. Use the Bloxels app to customize your own character, then arrange the blocks to design your level layout, as well as customize decorations for individual pieces of terrain. 
Finally, use the intuitive app to bring everything together to make more awesome. Oh, so very totally cool. From classic characters to made up monsters, if you can fit your imagination in these pixels, Bloxels can help you create it. Capture your creation in the Bloxels app, then use the power of the app to perfect your design and animate your character to bring it to life. When you're done, take it for a spin and put your name on the leaderboard. You can even publish your game for the world to play. Make video games with Bloxels. Buy it and shop for hundreds more gifts at vat19.com. vat19.com. The video gaming office make dot com. So, hi James, how are you doing today? I think you're there. You go. You're mic for a second. So, this is my friend James from Bloxels Edu. I will let him introduce himself. James, could you tell everyone who you are and what you do with this great company? Yeah, right on. Um... That was a blast from the past, by the way. That's uh, so. Bloxels has been around for a while. That was um, that was an older sort of 3D version of the app. It's it's changed a lot since then, but the, I think the same the core ideas are uh, still the same, which is that anybody can build a video game. Um, so uh, a little bit about uh, what I do at Bloxels. Um, first of all, I don't know if people knew that Bloxels is really a relatively small company. We're fewer than ten people, so of course, you know, we all wear a lot of different hats. Um, a lot of what I wind up doing is in the kind of creative space, the marketing space. Um, probably the thing that I do that I enjoy the most is uh, listening to teachers and students and trying to use a fancy word, but like synthesize what they want uh, next. And then, you know, helping the rest of the team kind of understand that, translate that into what we're, what our next new feature is going to be or what improvements we need to make, that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's so, what I do. And definitely, and definitely, I use the original. I found the one video that we could show, like the original, and then I'm going to show what we do today and see. You can see oh, the yeah. trend and like the evolvement of what it is from original Bloxels to Bloxels EDU. So, do yeah. you know? I mean, the origination of like where this type of idea, Bloxels and Bloxels EDU, where it came from, like how yeah. was it born out of? I was, I, I was, you know, I always like a good origin story, but how did right. Bloxels come to be? Yeah, I can tell my version of the story. So um, <laughs> I think uh, so. There were there were kind of two uh, people involved, three people involved at the beginning. Um, uh, one of whom's name is Robin, and he was uh, he wasn't a very technical guy. You know, he wasn't like a coder or anything. But he, I think, like a lot of us, always had that itch, which was like, you know, we, when you were a little kid and you were playing video games, like in the living room, sitting around with your friends and the controller. And I was like, oh, you know, I want to be able to make those. Um, and I can draw them. Uh, I can draw them all day on graph paper and that kind of thing. Um, but how do you take that idea and then turn it into a game without, you know, having to like go through all, you know, twelve years of expert schooling and in, in the technical part? Um, and that was the part uh, that hooked me. Was like, yes, I believe that because I also had that itch. And um, so the, originally, the the first kind of stab at this idea was something called floors. And uh, that was literally graph paper. So it was the idea of using computer vision, taking a picture of a, a sketch that somebody had made and turning it as quickly as possible into a video game. Um, so there were, uh, that was kind of a test in a lot of ways. And uh, that then led to Bloxels, which was um, actually graph paper is awesome, especially for coming up with the idea. But then when it comes to actually translating that into things like pixel art, 
or you know uh, concrete blocks with like built-in behaviors and things like that. That's where Bloxels came about, and that's about when I started working at the company. So you came after the involvement of from the floors to, and you had a you had a great story to it too. I mean, you came in as a Kickstarter backer in the beginning, and then. I always loved the idea. I always loved the idea. And uh, Bloxels and Pixel Press, the company is, you know, homegrown in the Midwest right here in St. Louis. Um, you know, and so it, it's, a, it's a small world in St. Louis. Like you're always kind of one degree or two degrees away from folks. And so, you know, when you're, when you're kind of interested in something, you just, you follow it. And uh, I wound up coming into uh, the Bloxels fold around the time we did the Star Wars version. And so I did a lot of the work with Lucasfilm, making sure that, um, you know, we were we were uh, we were making Boba Fett's helmet right and things like that. <laughs> um, this was the time before the Mandalorian. I didn't know it was going to be that big a deal that people were going to be bent in his helmet. You know, so there you go. Yeah. So I mean, and and just to let everyone know, you you know, the Star Wars the Star Wars feature just to show everyone how cool. I mean, and this is where I started to come into because I saw this and I'm just like, oh my god, they have a Star Wars one. That's just amazing. But, you know, you you this unfortunately is not available in stores anymore. But when it was available and with the application and stuff, I cried just a little bit when yeah. the application went down because it's like being a Star Wars geek myself. It was like, oh, my God, you can build these games and and everything else. But in essence, I mean, you know, building video games and everything else is one thing. But when did we start thinking about like what was the transition, like the transition to make it from. An arcade, an arcade type of builder, a very level one code building game to mm -hmm. uh, something that was based in education. Yeah, well, um, if I can also say, I also shed sure. some tears about oh, the, sure. uh, the Star Wars. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I mean, you. A, you're not the only one that you're not the only one that shed the tears. Good. Yeah, I and, uh, and I learned I learned something through that process, which is uh, the way licensing works. Which is, you know, it's only good for a certain amount of time, and then, you know. Um, you know, unfortunately, the way that world works is it's like, all right, what's the next thing that we can put on the shelf at Target? And mm -hmm. uh, that was, in some ways, a lot of the motivation behind the the switch to uh, focus on education. Because, um, first of all, we didn't see any reason to put more plastic into the world, if I'm being totally honest with you. Like, we don't need the Star Wars version and the, uh, you know, the pink one and the orange one and all this. Like, you know, if there's <laughs> one board that, that people already have and, and works, uh, that was a part of it, but also because again, just like, you know, you create something. And one of the things that's really gratifying is like seeing what people create with it. And uh, at that point in our ancient history, you know, teachers had started to pick this up and do interesting stuff with it. They were like, you know what, this wasn't necessarily intended originally for, you know, like my makerspace or whatever, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to be scrappy and see what I can create with it with the students. And um, they were really taking it to interesting places. You know, they were like, oh, you know what? I can do this and offer it to students as a choice, uh, a choice project. Like, you know, instead of doing um, a book report or some Google slides or something like show, make me a game to show, show what you know, or about whatever you just researched, you know, prairie ecology, for instance. And so prairie, we followed wait, wait, prairie, prairie ecology. Wow. Prairie, prairie ecology. Prairie ecology. Uh, yeah. Steep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole ecosystem, man. <laughs> I mean, but it it a game in all sense. I mean, and that's the thing. If you take it, if you take it, and you look at like this, I I have to tell you, being a, a fan of a fan of the product and everything else, it has definitely like evolved. Like I think this is the coolest 
front page of the website I've seen ever. And I'm sure it'll be eclipsed even more so and everything else. But if anyone wants to know, and here's the thing, and, and you, you said you talked to a lot of educators and schools and stuff like that. Do you see pushback on this at all? Like, do you see a little pushback? And I'll, I'll throw mine. I want to know your take on this and then I'll throw mine into it as well. Cause I've, I've seen that a little bit and I want to see from your perspective, like how is that and what do you do to kind of handle that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll just jump in. I mean, sure. I think the, I, I, what I'll say is like the, if there's pushback, it usually sounds like, well, game, what are games? Games are frivolous. Games are play, you know, kids play games too much anyway, you know, that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. uh, I will say, I see, and hear less and less of that as time has gone on, like over the past five years, because I think people are beginning to understand that, um, uh, well, first of all, there's a big difference between playing a game and creating a game. You know, the same way that like, if my kids, I have three kids, if they're watching YouTube videos, you know, I have my fingers crossed that they're watching like, you know, something that they're gonna pick up some interesting fact and we're gonna discuss it. But also like my expectations are very low and they're just consuming some medium. But when they're creating in it, you know, if they were if they were like, you know, hey, I want to create something, I want to create a game instead of just play it like that. That for me, I understand the difference there, um, which is like, yes, I want my my kids, my own children to be you know, confident in creating things in the digital realm. Um, and also, uh, you know, games are a medium that they already understand. So it's like, why wouldn't they why wouldn't you want to break down the wall and have them, you know, become creators of those things, um, you know, for for people who really and i think all of us have this to some extent for people who want like the you know give me some give me some hard data um that's gonna change my mind or or at least open my mind a little bit about uh games um you know you can also come at it from the if i'm an educator you know games are a growing industry so you know i'm not if i'm if i'm thinking about preparing people for you know the future and for careers or whatever they're going to create in the world um you know games are bigger than movies games are bigger than music um, and just in terms of, uh, this sounds really mercenary, but you know, dollars in the industry and employees, and it's not just people programming the games. It's also people marketing the games and doing content for the games. You know, they're writing the stories, they're creating the art, um, they're creating the levels and things like that. It's, it's a, it's a whole field. Uh, it's a whole industry. And, um, you know, we should, we should think about like how to prepare them for that. And plus on top of it, I got to say, and, and I've gotten pushback on this all Mr. Knowles, it's video games. Come on. I mean, they're just playing video games. I'm like, no, they're not. They're creating something. They're creating something out of nothing. And coming out of COVID, coming out of COVID, I mean, during COVID, you know, and, and you, I'm sure you've heard this as well as everybody else, is that during COVID, we made 12-year-olds and 10-year-olds into college students. You know, we gave them, <laughs> it, it, was, it was literally because, I mean, yeah. it went for three years and like eighth graders now were fifth graders, sixth graders in the pandemic. And they went to school during that time. And that's the thing. It's just like they don't speak like you and I would speak when we were in our heyday. Mm -hmm. They speak through avatars. They speak through video games. They speak through uh, Xbox Live and PlayStation and Steam and all sorts of things that are out there. And this is the perfect medium for them to communicate. I got to tell you, I mean, and, and guys, educators, everyone who's listening, who is possibly listening to me at this moment. And we've we've gotten a little traction. And so people I know people listen because I've seen the clicks, but this works like I just got finished with the Mexican Revolution unit. And if I give them a paper. 
sometimes the, the, the paper results don't come back as well as I would hope for. But I gave them this and I taught them how to use this. And I said, look, I even gave them some of the asset packs. And we can talk about that later if no one knows what I'm talking about. But we give them the asset packs. You don't even have to make a character. Just plop and put them in there. I'm not looking for Super Mario 8. But if you're utilizing the history, because I'm a history teacher, utilizing the history that we're discussing, that's all I'm looking for. And it's just like, I'm just reframing what it's supposed to look like. Instead of using a paper or a Google Doc, I'm using this as my medium. And I got to tell you, from my perspective as a high school teacher, and I used to be an ambassador, and I know we don't have the ambassador program anymore, but I was one of the very few, if only high school teacher ambassadors. It literally, it works. The engagement was there. And I mean, yeah, not every, some still had their phone or whatever the case might be, but I, you could have an application on your phone to be able to utilize it. They're like, oh, really? And they just pulled out their phone instead of the Chromebook. I'm like, guys, the Chromebook is a lot easier to use. And they're just like, no, I'm using my phone. I'm just like, okay, you know, you're going to kill your eyes. You know, that's, but you can utilize, it's the, the basic, you know, it's the basic Mario idea. It's the basic Mario idea from what we know and you control everything and that's the one thing it's just like you can this is just highlights from the arcade that they have that you can utilize you know you can use within Bloxels. but it's just i mean i just see just more and more on the creativity side to unleash the creativity instead of having them on tiktok for three minutes at a time mm-hmm. and killing their attention span i mean i just do you guys see i mean are we are we still moving up and up at Bloxels? Are we still moving to a place where, you know, it's going to even get wider and bigger and more reach or what, what, what can you tell us, James? What can you tell us? Well, I mean, I, one of the, one of the things I always try to keep in mind and that we always try to keep in mind is um, the whole concept of a low floor and a high ceiling. Mm-hmm. So low floor is in, uh, I'm, I'm a novice, whether I'm a, you know, kindergartner or second grader, or, you know, I'm a college student who's never done anything with technology before, which uh, that sounds kind of weird, but you know, like it doesn't know how to go. have a little bit of technology. Yeah. <laughs> um, we try to have a really low floor, which is like, you know, you can get in and do something, um, very satisfying and very simple, uh, but also a high ceiling. And so there's, there's some tension there because all the time we get asked for, what I would consider like pro features, you know, like, Hey, I want to be able to do X, Y, and Z. I want to, and they sound awesome. Um, but then we have to balance that with, all right, well, if I'm a first time person coming in, like, don't overwhelm me. Don't give me like um, a cockpit full of controls that I'm, that I'm going to get dizzy looking at because um, that's going to, that's going to alienate those folks. So um, yeah. So we're always growing new features. Um, last year we did uh, the top down engine. So instead of just the Mario style platformer, um, one of the reasons I was a big believer in it is, and still am is um, the top-down adventures, you know, like, I don't know, I don't know if I'm dating myself, but like, you know, old school Legend of Zelda, not Breath of the Wild, but yeah. Um, <laughs> not with me, brother. I'm, I'm right <laughs> there with you. I'm right there with you. <laughs> but the, I mean, those top-down adventures are a little more, to, to me, like story-oriented. You know, I'm exploring a village. I'm going around talking to people. It's a little less like action and skill-based. Um, and so that was something really wanted to open up because a lot of people, a lot of kids want to tell those stories. Um, and you can have a blend of those, you know, if you use things like portals, which was another new feature where you could go from kind of like an overworld that's top down into individual levels, which maybe are more jumping around kind of style. So um, 
yeah. And so we've got some other things planned for this year. I think, um, you know, our typical pattern is like early in the year, we try to work on like making it all better, making everything just a little bit better, like small improvements, bug fixes, things like that. Um, and then later in the year, we start to roll out more big features. So um, this year we're looking at kind of ways to um, like, if I'm, if I'm a kid and I made this game, I, I want, uh, I want to use the word like community, but it's, it's, I want to share this with someone and get more feedback uh, in terms of like, who's playing my game, you know, how it's doing, um, that kind of thing. Give them more of a way to like have a presence um, through Bloxels because what we've seen is with some of our creators, they'll create like an entire series that are like, they're ready to like pitch to Nintendo or whatever. Um, you know, like Jesty was a huge uh, series for a while. And it was just, it was amazing to watch this character evolve over time and grow in fidelity. And um, so we have these creators and we want to like give them more of a place. So yeah, in the arcade, which you've, you've pulled up here, uh, more of a sense of, of place here um, and that kind of thing. So that's my something. Kid, my my mm -hmm. kids my, in, in my classrooms, when I show them the arcade, I go, look, this is the Facebook of this thing. And look at the numbers. <laughs> like this, this is the Facebook of the block. This is the Facebook of Bloxel's arcade. And the numbers don't lie. I mean, you have games that are over a million. If you guys, I can't really zoom in on this aspect of it, but, and mm -hmm. on the audio, it, you know, I'm just going to say it out loud. If you're listening on audio, some of these games that are highlighted on the arcade is over a million and a half plays, yeah. you know, so this is not unheard of or unpopular. Like people are playing this, people are seeing this and they go, I want to create this myself. And, you know, and I'm telling my kids, like I have an, you know, don't hate me here, but let me see. There's not that one. Mine. Yeah, like I just, we just did the, you know, this was just put out like I did yesterday and there was already five people playing it. Oh, you nice. know, so it's just like, you know, just yesterday, you know, obviously these are history based games. So, you know, I don't want to give it away too much, but they're history based games that, you know, you go through. And as you can see, the way it's set up, it is set up like old school Nintendo. It's a set up like old school what we used to do. And anyone who is, you know, in the upper ages, even to the lower, it's just like you'd be like, wow, I create like Minecraft. Don't get me wrong. Minecraft is mm -hmm. wonderful and everything else. But sometimes you need another degree to be able to, you know, mm -hmm. facilitate Minecraft. But if you go something like this, which is a very simple left, right Mario type of game. You know, you go through and this one is the Mexican Revolution. And all they had to do was basically give me some points on four of the main players in the Mexican Revolution and just tell me about it. Just let me know. I mean, you could have and I told them you could have the worst game ever, but that's not really the point. The point is to learn the history and taking primary and secondary sources and repurposing them inside the game to make it a learning experience for anyone who picks it up and plays it. You know, so you go through and you might pick up a couple things about Porphyria Diaz. And the game is very, is this one's one of the better ones. But mm -hmm. I mean, I've had kids experience with warp zones and all this other stuff. And I tell them, I'm just like, look, if you find more stuff that you want to do, do it. And I get people with like different worlds. And I, I, I always tell the story one year I had World War II with Hitler and someone made uh, the Jews in the concentration camps. And they were crying. They were actually like oh tears oh running down their face, not wanting to see Hitler. And Hitler's coming out like this little dude. And I'm just like, I don't know if I'm impressed or oh, scared. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's yeah. scared a little bit. 
But I mean, yeah. little things like that. And then, you know, having a kid take something like this in World War One, I, I had him do and like the start and the end of World War One and make a full Sonic game. And actually mm -hmm. with animations and everything and using Sonic as their main character and telling the story of World War One, just like, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing as educators is trying to find new and different ways to engage kids. Mm -hmm. And that's why I asked about you uh, having any pushback with, um, with people, because it's like, it's, it's so simple to me, I think. And it's just like, it's not about the video game. The video game still it's collaboration. It's group work. It's completely secondary to the fact that if you make the importance, of the history, that's what they're going to remember. And that's what they're going to learn. And they can go to their friends and be like, look at the cool thing I made. I mean, and that's taking pride in their stuff. You're, um, if I can riff off that for a second. So oh, the, title, the title of your, uh, your podcast here is Exhausted Educators, right? Correct. <laughs> so, um, which by the way, I can identify with a little bit. I'm an adjunct at a university here in town. And um, hey. actually, I'm taking a semester off because I was like, you know what? I got some other stuff I got to take care of. I, um, uh, it takes a lot of energy to, 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 to do it right, right? Um, I'm ad, I'm actually I'm actually adjunct at uh, University of Wisconsin Parkside, so I, I feel you on that. I do high school yeah. and adjunct on top of it, so we're doing we're both doing double duty. You do got Bloxels and you know everything else. But go go on, go on. Well, you're, you're a busy guy. Well, I mean, I think you you mentioned like pushback. One of the things that um, if I were to put myself in you know somebody's shoes, I'd be like, well, but it's a whole technology platform that I need to learn. Like, how do I? How do I get it set up? How do you know, are there going to be issues? That kind of thing. Um, one of the things that's, I don't know, I get excited about it, but it's maybe less exciting than the student experience. One of the things we're also working on this year is a relaunch of our educator hub. Um, okay. It needs it, like, it needs some features that folks have asked for on like simple things like assessment, like give me a, give me an easier way to look at all the students games. And, you know, there, there are tools in there now to do that, but um uh, we've, we've heard loud and clear, like two or three things would make everybody's life a lot easier. So, um, yeah, that's supposed to be coming out in the next month or two. Um, we're this close to, you know, like getting over the hump on it. Um, but anyway, just throwing that out there. So, I mean, and that's the thing, it's just, you know, with all this stuff and just showing, just wanted to highlight to all the, the different things and the different features that you can do in in the Bloxels edu uh, uh, and just for everyone who might be joining in and tuning into us now this is this is the exhausted educators podcast talking with one of the ceos of Bloxels edu discussing this particular program and how it can help you in the classroom and give you a different way to help teach assess um and do whatever you want to do and make it enjoyable for the kids um character creation we have you know art builders we have different types of background builders and stuff and, you know, things that you can do to really help engage your students on a different level and make it so you can mix up the lesson, your lesson planning, your lesson engagement, your curriculum engagement, things of that nature. And as you can see, I've, you know, some of these are mine and some of these are copies from other students, you know, through mm -hmm. one I've used with with children and stuff and students and stuff like that. And I've used these through high school. Um, high school levels and everything else, but I've had people that I've referred as well, you know, from middle school, from the elementary on up. So definitely is something to, um, to say, but what did you think that this was when you joined the company, James, did you think that you, this would be what you thought it would be? Like, did you think <laughs> it was going to be 
you know, as I mean, as successful because you guys have been around. I mean, the staying power is, you know, you guys have been around for, you know, 10 mm -hmm. plus years. I mean, you know, did you imagine this to be as successful as it's as it's been? Well, I mean, I've always believed that the core idea is timeless and that, yeah, putting more power to create in more people's hands is always a good idea. Um, and now the specifics, like what features we would have and you know, what the UI would look like and things like that. Those, that's all in the details. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think the thing that in terms of staying power, I think the thing that um, we need to keep doing is just listening to people and responding, you know, like if, if, um, and it's funny because like 10 people might, you know, suggest something for the app, like, um, mm -hmm. Hey, can we have, um, can we have fireballs or something like that uh, or something simple like that? And, uh, what you have to do is, you know, the, the challenge is being a small company, like deciding what we're going to focus on next, right? Like uh, to make the most number of people the most happy. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, that that does that does keep me coming back because um, there's no there's no top end to it. When I said low floor, high ceiling, like the ceiling could still keep going up. Like I like the idea that, you know, if I were to close my eyes and make some wishes, right, like. You should, as a kid, you should be able to publish it as an app, right? Like that you can download on your phone. You should be able to uh, use some other programs to like import things into it, whether that's like sound, you know, like your own custom. I always, I've always liked the idea that, do you remember that movie Big with the piano yeah. that you can jump on? Yeah. Like, uh, in Bloxels, I want to make that possible where you can just jump your character around and like play oh. different musical notes. I, I don't know why. That's just like fun to me. Uh, but what do you, one of your guys, you know, one of your guys, just because you're saying it now, one of your guys in the, in the studio is going to make the big scene out of the Bloxels, the Blox <laughs> game and have, the, have the tones be like, here you go. There, there, well, there it is. Yeah, it. So Rob, uh, Rob Bennett. Um, he's uh, he, one of the original founders and he, he is a musical, you know, genius. He's always working on like synthesizers and things like that in his uh, studio. And um He's been working on ways to translate that into Bloxels. I don't know. That's up to him. He's he's got a long time. <laughs> he's yeah. He's now. Were you around? One thing I miss, and I wasn't able to find it. I don't know if you guys if it was taken down or not. But you guys had two individuals that were doing YouTube videos for you guys for a while. Do you remember them? Oh yeah, I met them. Yeah, they were. Where, um, where, where, where are they? They were actually, they were really entertaining. <laughs> yeah, they were, they're, they're big personalities. Uh, Van, Vat19, they were, I think there were two or three uh, uh, guys and um, they, they did all kinds of videos about all kinds of stuff. Like we're going to order the giant gummy bear and try to eat it. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I remember those guys, but they did yeah. videos for you. They did videos for you, like on certain features and stuff and everything yeah. else for a while. And then all of a sudden it just, it just stopped, I guess. Did, yeah. I mean, it's just, just an ending of an agreement or just something like that or just moving on with creative stuff or. I think it, that was around the time that we refocused on EDU, uh, to be honest. I think that was like 2017, 2018. Mm -hmm. And we were um, we were kind of transitioning out of the like, we want to be, you know, the next big thing at Target and into the like, we want to be the next big thing in the library and the makerspace. And mm -hmm. so we were it was kind of like we we're like, you know what, we're going to put a pause on this. Now you are bringing it, you bringing it up does remind me like those were pretty fun videos, right? Like they you know, were, they were, they so, were. I remember, I remember subscribing to it and just waiting for them to come out. Cause I knew I was going to be entertained. <laughs> I knew yeah. I was going to be entertained. Like every Friday, boom, it was like, 
I was like, all right, this is this is awesome and everything else. But, you know, it, and that's the thing. It's just like just bringing the, ed, you know, people from the education world to see different things and to hear different experiences and everything else, I think is great for, you know, being, you know, the exhausted educator podcast. It's like we want to go away from the exhaustion and show everyone like there is another side to it. You know, there is another thing that you could utilize. I mean, Minecraft EDU is out there. Unfortunately, I'm not going to, you know, Hey, I love you. Minecraft. Don't get me wrong. Please don't ban my account for what I'm about to say, but it's really difficult to use you guys in a school that doesn't have iPads. You know, it's like, it's really difficult for not being Bloxels. I can go on a Chrome web browser. It's really easy. You know, I can go through and boom, it's right there. And for, for Minecraft, unless you're at a, a school that is able to be able to do it, it's very hard because you hear Minecraft, you hear games and, you know, you don't see. And now don't get me wrong. I've used Minecraft EDU. I think it's great. I think it offers a lot of depth and everything else. And being a history teacher, being able to build like the Taj Mahal, I think is awesome. Sure. And yeah. you can actually like describe it and, and put a lot of text into it and everything else. But here is more of a convenient pickup and, and do whenever you want to kind of thing on whatever device you have. And it's very easy to use. So I just think, I think, where do you guys see yourself? I mean, mm -hmm. 10 years. I mean, do you, yeah. do you still see like the EDU side? Do you see another evolution, like another branch going off into like the distance sure. of like, I want, we think maybe we're going to start heading this way or are we EDU focused all the way through? Now, if you can't release any of the, the trade secrets, I do understand. <laughs> no, but, but if you, but if you, yeah, but if you, if you, you know, don't mind sharing, just like, where do you think Bloxels will be in 10 years? Yeah, right on. Um, first of all, we'll take the compliment um, of being, uh, easy to use. We always try to be easier and easier to use. So uh, if you ever have any feedback for us or you ever run into any trouble, you're like, you know what, this, this is two clicks and it should be one, like, let me know and we'll, we'll do our best. Um, uh, and there are so many other great platforms out there. Like um, I've seen my kids use things like CoSpaces. That's kind of fun. Uh, yeah. to create like a virtual museum, you know, again, like the same principle, right? Like show me what you know about something by creating this like digital space or in our case, like a game or a story. Um, and so, I mean, in a similar way, like where we are 10 years from now, uh, first of all, I don't think we're in the, we're in the place as humanity to be able to predict 10 years out very well. Like, if you, sure. um, in a previous career, I used to like kind of help businesses like figure out what they were going to be when they grew up. And, you know, five years was always the like, you know, like big milestone. And even then, like, you know, drawing it closer in becomes uh, because things are changing so fast. Right. Things are increasingly changing all the time. Um, I think that some things will always remain true and that we will uh, we will still follow, which is. Um, back to the like, put the tools in people's hands and make the tools, you know, super useful and fun to use um, to create games to perhaps I think one of the directions we could go is um, to kind of grow up with our users. This is something we talk about a little bit, which is, you know, because Bloxels has been around for a little bit. Um, some of the early Bloxels users, you know, five years ago, they're in a different place in their lives right now. You know, some of them are interested in computer science. Some of them are in college. Right. And they're uh, they're pursuing computer science degrees and now they're like, you know, um, what do I do with it next? So there's, you know, there's, I still think there's plenty of space in terms of like helping pro creators, uh, create even, you know, more interesting and fun games, but keeping it as simple as possible. So 
that's something we could look into. And then there's other mediums too, which is um, one of the things that uh, Bloxels and Pixel Press was kind of based around was like this blend of the physical and the digital worlds where like um, as, as, you know, as fun as technology can be, like, I don't think we were meant to be as humans, like heads connected to laptops all the time. Like we should get out and do things with our hands in the real world. Uh, you know, whether that's like, you know, the original graph paper idea that Pixel Press kind of started with or, um, you know, other things that are object-based and in the real world, you know, how I'm just making this up, but like, what if I could, um, you know, what if, what if I could make music with it? Uh, what if I could create, um, you know, other things, other, other types of messages that, you know, maybe we just haven't imagined. Yet. That's interesting. Hey, who, hey, maybe you're not, you never know. I mean, six months to a year, I see some Bloxel's music maker. I'll be like, damn it. He said it. <laughs> I knew it. He said it and everything else. So, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to always be mindful of everyone's time today. I always like keeping this to about 30, 35, 40 minutes. James, I do appreciate you, brother. I do appreciate you coming on and talking with us today. Um, where could, if social media, anyone wants to get in contact with you or anything else, have questions, educators, administrators, whatever the case may be, where can they yeah. find you? Yeah. Um, so we're, we're still on, we're not on Facebook anymore. We quit that a while ago. Um, uh -huh. we're on I, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, it, uh, yeah. So <laughs> where we are, <laughs> where we are is uh, we do have a, we do have a Twitter account that we kind of monitor on Twitter. It's just at Bloxels. Um, but honestly, the thing that we um, appreciate the most is like one-to-one -one communication. So you can email us anytime at education at bloxelsbuilder.com um, if you have questions or just want to reach out. Uh, and then of course there's you know plenty of other places like bloxels.com itself. Just to, if you want to learn more. So. Yeah, definitely. Bloxels.com is literally your one-stop shop. Uh, just to give you guys an idea to, uh, where is it? I totally don't know where it is now. Here we go. I was like, I just had it up. And then it doesn't, it, the, you know, technology is still a thing. I'm telling you, technology is a thing. But with <laughs> Bloxels and everything, guys, just Bloxels.com is your one-stop shop for purchasing uh, getting more information. Um, there are subscription accounts, EDU accounts, uh, prime, like if you just wanted to get something for yourself, you know, and, and see what's going on with it. There is applications online on your, any, pretty much any tablet or phone can access the program no matter what you do. So definitely that's, you know, that's is where it is. And Hey man, I'm an avid user and I'll, I will be for a very, very long time. So uh, James, I do appreciate you, sir. Um, if if you ever need a teacher to <laughs> to do any work for you guys, keep me in the Rolodex, please. I can, oh, you know, I've used this for a good over yeah. over five ten years, and I can, I mean, and just I, it's it's something I like to do, and I like to create on my own as well. But using it for the classroom and stuff, I think is just something that everyone should at least try because you'll see the engagement of your students just triple and quadruple overnight. So definitely is something that, you know, I think everyone should at least have in their hands and, you know, you never know. I mean, I'm not saying use it all year, but you know, after you do a couple papers, you pull out the Bloxels, then you go back to the papers. They will ask for the Bloxels again. It's happened to me every single year. So it's That's just one of those things where it just, it's it's something that just needs to needs to go through. So, James, I appreciate you, sir. The low budget of the exhausted educators. You know, we're trying to upgrade the music. 
you know, the band, the in-house band is, you know, is, is, is dying over here. But for James, for myself, Silas Knowles, this is the Exhaust Educator Podcast. Please feel free to reach out and just stay going, guys. <laughs>